We had a call, and a caller chickened out. The caller hung up. Caller did not have the guts to ask me the question directly, but Mr. Snurdly, I saw the, you know, I get a one-line advisory about whatever the caller wants to talk about, and this guy wanted to, how can you square pollution with global warming or something? I asked Mr. Snurdly, what was he going to say? Mr. Snurdly said, he said, well, look, big fan of yours, listens to you all the time, of course, who doesn't? He says, he's got a problem with your stand on global warming. How, he says he lives in Boston. He says since uh, the 1900s. Been, how many cars did he say? Okay, 400% increase in, all, in, in what period of time? Not that it matters, but what? 400% increase in the number of cars since the early 1900s. I think it'd be more than that. But regardless, his point was, look, you can, I live in Boston, and you can see the pollution. You can see the haze. You can, I, look at my friends. Of course you can. But it's not all generated by automobiles. If it were, there would be there would be smog levels in L.A. every day, and they would be be consistent because the cars are there every day. They would be constant, and they would increase as more and more people buy cars, regardless of our emission efforts. I've lived in New York City. A lot of the haze that you people think you're seeing, or that you are seeing. And it happens in the summertime. How often do you see this haze in the winter? By the way, you know, I do a lot of flying, ladies and gentlemen. And I flew back from Nueva Orc on uh, on Wednesday. We got out of there. And it was now, it was uh, uh, overcast a little bit. It was not, it, it wasn't precipitating. But the whole way back down the East Coast, we just, we skim the East Coast on the way down so the satellite reception doesn't lose. We don't take the shortcut out over the Atlantic. Uh, we skimmed the coast, and you look down, it was a clear night most of the way down. There wasn't any haze out there. It was as clear as it could. And the same number of cars that were there last summer are down there now. Uh, I've Have you ever noticed if you live in, a, in an area with uh, hot, muggy summers, uh, and even some of this that happens in the spring and the fall, have you ever noticed what happens after a cold front goes through? Poof! It's as clear as a bell. I heard this rigmarole when I lived out in Sacramento. When I lived out in Sacramento, the environmentalist wackos would call me and say, Rush, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you go out there on I-80 on the way up the hill to Lake Tahoe, and you could see the snow caps up there in the Sierra Nevada. And on certain days, you still could, but there were still the same number of cars. I don't deny that cars are polluting. A lot of what you're seeing is an ozone inversion, by the way. It's not auto pollution. A lot of haze is uh, is low-level ozone. Ozone is an atmospheric gas, as we all know, but sometimes there's an inversion. And that's when they give the old people and the people with respiratory problems these advisories. Don't go outside. There's ozone out there, and ozone is made by the sun. Ozone is not made by automobiles. Now, don't folks, don't misunderstand here. I am not denying that the things that we do pollute, what I'm telling you is that we do a better job of cleaning up our messes than anywhere else in the world that is as industrialized as uh, as we are. But it's, it's something very simple. You've got pollution, you've got ozone, you've got mugginess, you've got haze. How about Nat Cole? 1965, roll out the lazy, hazy, crazy. 1965, they're singing about the haze. It's a common factor in the summertime. It's called ozone. In 1965, we haven't even heard of these global warming nutcases. They were getting, they were on the verge then of talking about global cooling 
and a new Ice Age. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. You know, I, what happens here, folks, is very simple. And I know that the, the leftists in this audience and the drive-bys that hear this are going to chalk up what I'm going to say next as perfect evidence that Limbaugh just a simpleton. But I'm just observing. What happens is that a cold front comes through, generally has rain, and rain washes out the dirt in the sky. It's just amazing. Now, I maintain to you people that this, this is a little common sense here. And, of course, I'm going to get confirmation from this from our official climatologist, Dr. Roy Spencer, University of Alabama at Huntsville. If all of our smokestacks and if all of our automobiles and if all of our whatever else that we do that pollutes, if all of our cows, methane, is responsible for this, it would be there every day and nothing would get rid of it because we are supplying it every day. I have been in Southern California on days where it's clear as a bell. You you have to look hard to see the smog. I've seen days where it's just impossible to see anything because of the smog. Uh, Trees produce a little, some of the ingredients that make smog, not just automobiles. I've seen this. But what you need to ask yourself is, how the hell can it ever clear up then? I know what you're going to say. Well, Rush, Mother Nature trying. Mother Nature's trying. She's trying to get back to the way it was before we destroyed the environment. But Mother Nature can't keep up with us anymore. Eventually, our automobiles start to put wrong, folks. Wrong, 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 wrong. We have not that kind of power. If it ever, if it didn't clear up, If those days of haze didn't ever vanish, then maybe we could talk. You people get so concerned about all this, you just need to apply a little common sense. And you need to drop some of the vanity and some of the arrogance. We are just human beings. We are equal opportunity residents of this planet. We have every right to be here and use our intelligence as we see fit with good stewardship. We are the only living organisms on this planet that can plan, that can think, that can adjust. Everything else is living on the basis of instinct, evolution, adaptation, or what have you. They do things like my little cat. You know I love my little cat, Pumpkin. Cats have been domesticated for 10,000 years. There's an argument raging over whether we domesticated the cat or whether the cat domesticated itself by just walking into the house one day uh, and staying. But regardless, my little cat, not every day, but more often than not, I feed the little cat two or three times a day. And I put the food in a bowl. And if I watch the cat eat, if I watch Pumpkin eat, she will, after she finishes, start moving dirt over her food to hide it from other animals. What she's doing is scratching a carpet, a perfectly fine carpet when I got her. She's scratching the carpet. She's covering it. I'm looking at her and say, Punky, nobody's going to take your food. I'm like, what an idiot. She doesn't know what I'm saying. And she doesn't know what she's doing. She thinks she's still out there in the prehistoric age protecting her food from predators. She's not thinking about it. She does it. It's just instinct. So, you know, they do what they do. We do what we do. We have stewardship. We have dominance because we're smarter. 
We walk upright. We talk. They don't. I know some of you pet owners think that you're, and they may. I'm, I don't I want to get into that, but you know what I'm talking about here. But even to that, because this, see, this gives us all kind of vanity. We go out and capture King Kong. Wow, we are powerful. We can create a nuclear bomb. Wow, we are powerful and we're dangerous. We can invent giant airplanes that defy what appears to be logic. They weigh gazillions of tons and they fly in the air. People don't stop to think it requires a lot of speed for that to happen. But nevertheless, so we can do all these things, we must be destroying the planet. <sighs> we don't have, if we wanted to, we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to get rid of the ozone at street level that we didn't cause. I get so worn out going through all this because it's just common sense. And it's also, you, you need to have a little humility to answer these questions. Common sense and humility. Drop the vanity and drop the arrogance. Some of you people that believe this rot gut amaze me. On the one hand, you think we're no different than a rat, no different than a dog, no different than a cat, no different than a cow. On the other hand, we are so invincible, we can destroy a planet whose creation we cannot even explain. We look into the sky at night, we see the stars. We're lost. It takes faith, be it in if you want to around be an agnostic, be an atheist, or be a person of devout religious belief, it still takes faith when you look up there to try to understand it, because you can't prove it. This notion that we can destroy the planet, this notion that automobiles, I refuse to believe that a God that creates this kind of beauty would create human beings with the ability to destroy the planet while enhancing their lives, while improving their lives, while expanding their life expectancy. That's not the God that I know. Rush, you are bringing religion. So are they. The global warming crowd had nothing but religion. Yes, they have a different God. It's either a tree, it's a mountain, a hummingbird, you know, whatever the hell they choose to worship. They can't prove what they believe either. Although they try to make you think that they can. A couple sound bites on this. And I'm really worried. I know Chad Myers. I've met Chad Lee two or three times. Chad's a great meteorologist. And he works at CNN. But perhaps not for long. By the way, did you know CNN, in a massive round of budget cuts, closed down their global warming unit? Miles O'Brien, who used to run their space unit, they got rid of Miles. And when Miles went, they you know, all this hoity-toity baloney about global warming went with it. The Weather Channel, owned now by NBC, got rid of their global warming climate change. Why? It must be there wasn't much of an audience for all the documentaries and specials they were doing. They just zapped them. So last night, CNN's Lou Dobbs Tonight, weatherman Chad Myers was on. Dobbs said, Chadley, You seeing anything here that directly is tied to something called global warming, fossil fuels, man-made? Which is the dominant influence overall on weather? Is it cycles, solar uh, sunspots, solar flares, the 11-year cycle? Is that dominant? What's dominant in terms of influencing the weather? To think that we could affect weather all that much is pretty arrogant. Mother Nature is so big. The world is so big. The the oceans are so big. I think we're going to die from a lack of fresh water, or we're going to die from ocean acidification before we die from global warming, for sure. But this is like 
you know, you said in your career, my career has been 22 years long. That's a good career in TV. But in the, talking about climate, it's like having a car for three days and say, this is a great car. Well, yeah, it was for three days, but maybe in day five, six, and seven, it won't be so good. And that's what we're doing here. We have 100 years worth of data, not millions of years that the world's been around. Chadley, we do have... I know that this is at CNN. It's on Lou Dobbs last night. The only saving grace is he might... It was on Lou Dobbs and not in a weather forecast. Uh, but this is... This is... This is that Chadley Myers. But Chadley, we do have a historical data, not records, but we can go back and look. We can see when the Earth was frozen. We see what happened to dinosaurs. We can see... We, we have a lot of data beyond 100 years that shows all kinds of warming and cooling cycles that had nothing to do with whatever humanity at the time was doing. Also on Lou Dobbs, he said, Jay, he's got Jay Lair, who was the science director of the Heartland Institute, said, Jay, we've been around a little over, by scientific estimates, 4.5 billion years. What's your thought about the dominant influence on the weather? Clearly, Lou, it is the sun. But if we go back in really recorded human history, in the 13th century, we were probably 7 degrees Fahrenheit warmer than we are now, and it was a very prosperous time for mankind. If we go back to the Revolutionary War 300 years ago, it was very, very cold. We've been warming out of that cold spell from the Revolutionary War period, and now we're back into a cooling cycle. The last 10 years have been quite cool, and uh, right now I think we're going into cooling rather than warming. Warming, and that should be a much greater concern for uh, humankind. But all we can do is adapt. It is the sun that uh, does it, not oh, man. Shazam! Shazam! And anybody with common sense would realize it has to be the sun. By the way, Chadley, we're going to die from old age, natural causes, before we get killed by ocean acidification or lack of fresh water. Just my prediction. So the sun is causing it. Sun has to be the major factor. If you don't believe me, imagine waking up tomorrow morning, turning on the news, and hearing the sun mysteriously went out. We're dead, folks. If that ever happened, if it, we're dead. Back in a, you want to talk about warming? <laughs> Nick in Salisbury, Maryland. Nice to have you on the EIB network, sir. Hello. Hello, Mr. Limbaugh. How are you doing? Oh, by the way, this this is the guy who hung up. Well, your phone died. I'm told now. Yeah, right. They wanted me. to talk to me about cars and pollution and how can I be so yeah. Uh, uh, exactly. Adamant. Yeah, go give it your best shot. Well, I, answered, well, I answered your question, but uh, he has a follow-up, I'm told. Yes. Well, you had an excellent uh, line on that, and I appreciate that because I, I'm i a fan of yours. And um, But what I got to say is— That's, by the way— You said we don't have the power Hang on just a second. My friends, while I appreciate— all of you who call say I'm a big fan. It's not that unique anymore to be a big fan. So it's no big. Don't expect extra credit for telling me you're a big fan. Now, what was it you were saying? Well, I said you said we don't have the power to affect anything on the earth as a um, as humans. No, right? I, <clears throat> nope. I said we don't have the power to affect the climate. We cannot. Well, we cannot steer a hurricane. We can't stop one. We can't dissipate one. We can't create one. We okay, can't steer well, a tornado away. Can't stop snowstorms. We can't stop ice. But we can't stop or start anything like that. Nothing of major catastrophic consequence. It's absurd. Okay. We now, don't yeah, have we a can make grass grow with a little, you know, a sprinkler. All right. Hang on. Now we don't have a button we can push to make things happen, right? But we do have uh, habits. Habits that we have that can make things. As far as our habits go, that 
make things happen. Like if I take my roof shingles out back and light them on fire and make a big black smoke go up in the back, now what would you say if, if you were my neighbor? I'd say you're stupid. Right, exactly. So that's that's what Al Gore's saying. He's saying you're my neighbor and you're taking no, roof shingles no, and lighting them on fire. You, look at the example you just gave me. Do you know anybody other than fraudulent insurance claims of people setting their shingles on fire? Well, you've got other things. See, the same, the same, you know, no, no, the no, same this, neighborhood. This, you come up, no, you come up with these. You, if you're going to do an analogy, it has to be analogous. Okay, well, hang on one minute. Here's the better goes. analogy. Here's the better analogy. Lightning strikes a major forest in Southern California, and 250 homes are destroyed, and big black clouds are in the sky. We didn't do damn thing, and there's more pollution there than your shingles or your car. And then a rainstorm comes in, and all the evidence of the smoke is gone. 